Hello, handsome dads. Welcome to Jack's Tap, episode 40. It is July 9th, 2020. I've got my first recurring guest, other than John, uh, Mikey Romantic, good friend of mine, of course. We talk about too many topics. We hadn't talked at all, really, since coronavirus and uh, race relations got to the point where they are. And uh, I had plenty of rants and raves that I wanted to go on about corporations, news media, and uh, tech. I don't know. I don't know. Got a lot of passion. Got a lot of fire. Not a lot of knowledge on the things, but uh, I got thoughts. And uh, so does Mikey. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Mikey Romantic on Jack's Tap. Just one look at you. And I know it's going to be. All right. Whoa. And the beginning of the podcast is here. Cool. So how you been? Good, dude. I um, so I went to uh, Tennessee, like I told. Did I tell you that? Yeah. I was in Memphis for Fourth of July. Right. And of course, as we're on the drive on Thursday morning, um, they announced that in Illinois or Chicago, if you've been to this list of fifteen states, including Tennessee, then you have to self quarantine for two weeks upon your return. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's no way for them to enforce that. It's not like there's like a cop outside my door or anything like that. But my family won't see me. My girl won't see me. My friends won't see me. So I've just been sitting here fucking working out, playing. I haven't, I haven't left my apartment in, since Sunday afternoon. I've Damn. been watching movies, working out, playing Call of Duty. It's all I've been doing. Right. Sheesh. So everybody just ostracized you. Yes. Well, did you get a test? No, but so here's the thing is the kid who drove, it's an eight hour drive. So 16 hours, the kid who drove, Yeah. Um, the guy who lives in Memphis, who we were staying with, and then another guy who came separately, but I was also with the entire weekend. All of them got tested and they all tested negative. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good signs. So I, so I told my parents, I was like, Hey, these three people all tested negative. I was with them. We went to right. we shared meals. We shared cups. I'm sure by we accident. made out. We made out, and they're like, "Nope, not good enough. Don't believe it. Don't want to see you." I'm like, "All right, let's make up our <laughs> fucking minds here. Is this thing highly contagious or is it not?" Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. You should still maybe just get a test. I called the place near me, and they're booked until tomorrow. That's not that long, dude. <laughs> <laughs> They can only see me in 24 hours. <laughs> well, I called them on Monday, and it seemed like a long time then. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they said Friday then? Yes. Okay, so five days. Even then, yeah. Yeah, though, yeah. you probably don't have it. It's good but of you to stay inside, though. You could be going around to just, like, public places and just uh, doing your worst. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll probably do stuff this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> probably go out to a fucking barbecue. Uh, what were you going to say? Uh, I forgot. Well, how was the trip? Was it worth it? Was there yeah, anything to I, do? 
I mean, yeah. Well, so the lake house we stayed at, it was super, it was like right on the lake. They had a pool, a hot tub, a gym, like a super nice house. And um, this guy, he lives in like a lake community. It's a man-made lake in Memphis or just like sort of like a suburb of Memphis. Yeah. And everybody's on the lake and everyone has a boat, obviously. And you can, and there was a guy on 4th of July who owns a catering business. So he was smoking like brisket and pulled pork and all this stuff. So we like took the boat. We like went over to his house across the lake. Yeah. Like, picked up food. There was another guy on like the other side of the lake who had a band. So we like went there and just like floated and listened to the band. There's a fireworks show in the middle of the lake. So like it's like a, it's literally like a community on this lake, and everyone just has a pontoon boat and just kind of runs dope. around. It's actually love, really sweet. I love pontoon boats. Yeah. They got a soft place in my heart. Uh, soft spot. Soft place. Uh, <laughs> just uh, I remember going to Joseph O'Brien's grandparents and getting to drive a pontoon boat and uh, just very relaxing. Yeah, it's nice. Um, what's even nicer is when you're like chilling in the lake and then there'll be a bunch of pontoons coming by and they all have like Trump Pence 2020 flags. Yeah, that's and everyone's fun. like Everyone's like four more years. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I have to quarantine when I get home from you guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Things are going great here. Uh, stupid. Well, it does sound fun, though. Would have been good to just get on a lake. That probably is why you guys are okay, is because you just went to a lake and were on a pontoon with people oh, no, no, from no, no, Illinois. No, 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 no. no. We mm-hmm. went to a casino. We fully, we fully went to a casino. <laughs> I need Penn National Gaming to turn stuff around here. It actually gained money today, but the casino business is not uh, its not going up right now in stocks. Is that the Portnoy one? Right, yeah. Um, Might be because of, you know, the fact that uh, he's such a, a negative connotation right now, but probably more to do with uh, surging COVID cases and people not wanting to go to casinos unless you are you. But here's the thing. This is my issue with everyone's coronavirus response. Is everyone just sort of like arbitrarily decides like, all right, like these things are fine and this one isn't. So like I have a friend, for example, and he's on a plane right now to Aspen. Right. And he goes and he's gone. He hasn't cooked in weeks. He's just been eating out at restaurants, eating out, not getting takeout at restaurants. And that's fine. But he won't go to a casino. He's like, that's where I draw the line. I'm like, what's the fucking difference? Yeah. Yeah, and, and also like, airlines and like, haven't well, mandated it yet. Yeah. Oh, people Masks. are like, well, dude, casinos are like, like, ask anybody. A casino is grosser. I'm like, based on what? Yeah. Airplanes are pretty fucking gross. And then we went to the casino, and literally we get there. Um, you have to wear a mask at all times, obviously. People, you know, they usually like crowd blackjack and roulette tables. No one could – the only people that could be at the table were the people that were playing. There was a seat between every single person playing. There was – plexiglass between every single person playing and between everybody in the dealer the dealers had masks obviously gloves every time somebody got up from playing nobody could sit down until they sanitized it they wouldn't let us press the elevator buttons um wow. like there's all these different things it was dude it was safer than any restaurant that i've been to everyone's like oh well casino gross people go there covid yeah. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> they're all just sneezing over the tops of the plexiglass and I also think that people are using COVID as like a way to be like, well, I never really liked going to the gym or working out. So now I can say COVID. <laughs> or, I never really liked hanging out with Mike. He's talking to be like, oh, COVID. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I could see why a casino would fucking make it as sanitary as possible because they don't want, they've got the money and then they're like, well, we're going to make money if people are in that seat. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, I, I just think everyone just freaking out. It's all arbitrary. Yeah. I think it is dumb how, well, one, people should be wearing masks like everywhere. So that sucks that just a lot of people won't wear them. So that doesn't help. But it is kind of crazy that we went through all this shit to reopen and like countries around the world are reopening because they got it under control. So it's like, if you're a state, you got it under control. You shouldn't be getting pissed at the people for like going to the places that are reopening. The whole thing was like, let's help out the businesses once they reopen. It's pretty bad times. Let's try and get back and be responsible with it. But it's like all people just like trolling anybody that went outside and yet I'll see that they're like, yeah, snuck out to the beach, <laughs> went out to went out to here, wore a mask. It's like, okay, I went golfing and uh, it was me and the same three people that I see over and over again that I know are also being pretty responsible. Right. And you're golfing. Well, it's I also like, think that's funny that the same, the same people that were saying like, stay inside wear a mask, all this shit are also the same people who were protesting during all the BLM stuff. Yeah. So my little brother is very, uh, you know, he's very, I guess, socially conscious. He's quite so local. He was, yes. Good for him. So, so he went to uh, a protest in uh, California, that's where he lives. And I messaged him on, on Instagram or I DM'd him. I was like, does COVID, or is everyone wearing a mask? He's like, no. I was like, does COVID, does COVID know you're protesting and not yeah. like attack you guys? I don't know. Yeah. It should be a lot better outside. That's what they're saying now. And I guess it makes sense. But yeah, it is like you're in a giant fucking... I went to two protests. Uh, yeah, I went to a couple protests. And plenty of people were wearing masks. But still, like, you took it down for a second to wipe off sweat. And you we're all screaming and, you know, right. like shouting. And we're in a giant crowd of people. And there were... I kind of hung back and was like, all right, let's stay in this patch where there seems to be a bunch of people that are like trying to stay distant. But the majority of people were very much right up on each other. And the whole point was to be a one unit and like right. as loud as possible. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. Did you, yeah. did you yell? Did you a, chant? a bit, but you know, I guess this was truly my first protest ever. And I wasn't so much with even the idea of like, let's just keep chanting. Like that'll, you know, I was like happy to be there, happy to support. Um, and it was like fun and it was cool. And I definitely enjoyed the camaraderie of it. But also then it was like seven people got up to speak and they kind of all were having us shout back things to them that other people had <laughs> yeah. had a shout back. And uh, we, George Floyd, team. George <laughs> Floyd. It's like, I get it. I get it. And for a bit, it was cool. And then I was like, all right, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> like, what's the message to all these people? And there were, there were good speakers too, but it was a little bit just like literal echo chamber of like the, yeah, we're all clearly somewhat on the same page. I feel like the better way to get us all on the same page is like BLM tells uh every protest every protester sends them home with like a pamphlet of like what their 
recommendations are policy-wise and like, wait, you know, there were some like support this organization, you know, and support that, but it's like, all right, have them there, have them speak. I don't know. I'm no rallier. I'm no organizer of these events, but I felt like a lot of the people were going to go home and just be like, all right, cool. I, I went to the protest. I helped. Great. You know, as opposed to like, now they're part of the movement going forward and lockstep and completely informed on the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a hilarious meme. It was, uh, maybe you've seen it. It's, um, it's like a picture of a guy and he's pushing like a little domino and the domino goes to like a bigger one and then a bigger one. And then like the last domino, like huge. Um, so he's pushing it and then it'll topple them all over. Right. And so there's a, there's like a caption to the little domino, the first one. And it says like, oh, so the, the overall title was like, you know, destroying the American infrastructure or whatever, or restructuring the American, whatever sure. uh, system. And the first one is, <laughs> so the, the last big one was like, you know, defunding the police and system, ending systemic racism and all these things. And the first little one was a cashier being like, hmm, this $20 looks a little fake. <laughs> Jesus Did that make Christ. sense? I just explained that. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, truly kind of started with the fact that the government completely fucked the American people during the pandemic, you know, so everybody was home and like not in a good position. So everybody's pissed off. And then we watched the video of that and it was just like, okay, like just everybody's going <laughs> to yeah. explode. It was a yet, perfect storm. Perfect yeah. storm. It was a balloon and it popped. Yeah. It was the last straw. I just hate how it's so these two, the two main issues of 2020, you know, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, whatever, and coronavirus. Yeah. Two things. Everyone's anti-pandemics. Everybody's anti-racism. Yet somehow, these are the most divisive things that have that yeah. have occurred in recent memory. It makes no sense to me. Well, you can't say everybody's anti-racism. And you can't say everyone's... I guess everyone's anti-pandemic, but there are people that are just like, this isn't anything. So it, they're kind of just like dismissing it. Or they're anti-pandemic in the sense of like Trump literally being like, it'll go away if we just ignore it, you know? So whether or not he's like truly anti or he's pro pandemic, he's more just like, just shut the fuck up about it until I get to be president again. And then I love how, I love how Trump pulled like the, the frat boy, like STD, like if you don't get tested, then you don't yeah, have it. Right. <laughs> like the yeah. Insane. Stop testing. We won't have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I told my people that, uh, you know, let's, let's slow up a little bit here. <laughs> we won't have as many cases like and like people are cheering that at his rally i'm like all right so he clearly has a base that will be voting for him and <laughs> nothing he does from now until then will change those people's minds whenever i watch a trump rally i always look for the the token black people in the back yeah because you know there's like what seven of them there Right. And as soon as they walk in, they're like, black alert, black alert. They're like, sir, <laughs> sir, sir, we're going to need you over here. <laughs> you know, they already organized them coming beforehand and we're like, holy shit, we got a Jamal coming in. <laughs> Donald, here's you're going to want to see this. 
Yeah. Put, put our African American right there behind me, <laughs> looking proudly. Yeah, that, dude. I, get... <laughs> I remember literally one time. It might have been while he was running, and he was he was at one of his rallies, and he's just like, "Look, we've got our African American right there." Like <laughs> while he's on stage, pointing out, just like the one black guy, our African American. <laughs> oh man, dude, we we got onto Trump and race real quick, and not not even on purpose. Well. It's the only stuff going on. Have I, you, uh, there was so, so obviously you remember Michael Richards years ago, he did that set at the Laugh Factory and he said the N-word and everyone hated him or whatever. Yeah, that's so that Kramer was in, from Seinfeld. Yes. So um, what year was that? Probably like, you know, 2006 or something like that, let's say. Yeah, early 2000s, I think. So that was obviously before, you know, really YouTube and people had like cell phones and things like that. So if something like that were to happen today, people would know, you know, the night of. But then people found it out, you know, days later, whatever. So after that happened, he went on to David Letterman's show. Or excuse me, so Jerry Seinfeld was on Letterman's show and Michael Richards called in over video to apologize for this thing that he did. Yeah. And everyone in the crowd and most of the people watching had no idea what this was about. Because it was the day after, really? maybe like two days after. Yeah. So Jerry Seinfeld's like, hey, uh, Michael Richards is here over like video. He wants to apologize. And so Michael Richards is like, I'm so sorry for what I've done. And, and everyone starts laughing in the crowd because they have no idea what he's talking about. They think it's like yeah. a bit. And Jerry's like, <laughs> Jerry's like, no, no, no. It's like not a joke. Yeah. And then Michael Richards goes, what I've done to the Afro-American community can never be like whatever and it's just like jesus dude it's dude <laughs> if you can find it on youtube it is so cringeworthy pull it up let's do it just because he said afro-american or is it it's the it's like the awkwardness of people not knowing what was what he was talking about and then just like his right. verbiage on the apology just combined to make it just the most cringy thing ever uh, this, uh, this did you find it yeah You see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. Dude, Jerry's like, stop laughing. It's not funny. Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, you no, I don't it? know him well. I've known him a long time, but I don't, I don't know him well. And I can remember years Mike, and years ago at it? the comedy yeah. store, okay. uh, yeah. uh, he would get on stage, and he was always a very dynamic performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, dynamic to the point to that yeah, often, go ahead, yeah. but this should be Michael Richards. Michael, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm not doing too good. Just incredibly sad and somber from the beginning. <laughs> and everyone, people, you can hear people are just laughing already. Yeah, right. Like yeah, it's Kramer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, his hair's short. He's all sad. What's going on? Yeah. All right. What, why don't you explain exactly well, what Jerry, happened? Jerry's already fucking laughing himself. <laughs> For the folks who may not know, I uh, I lost my temper on stage. I was at uh, a comedy club trying to. Uh, do my act and I got heckled and I, I, I took it badly and went into a, a rage and uh, uh, said some pretty uh, nasty things to some Afro-Americans, a lot of yep, that, that's trash weird. talk and and what, uh, oh what the, uh, the, 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 you were be actually being heckled or were they just talking and disturbing the act? Uh, that was going on too. Uh-huh. 
Oh and my did you God. know? I mean, Harry in your audience laughed, you know, and it's, it's, uh, I'm not even sure that this is, uh, where I should be, uh, well, addressing, uh, so, so uh used, the so situation. I've, I've already heard you make some jokes about it, and that's okay, you know, but I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really busted up over this, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, very sorry, uh, to those, uh, people in the audience. Uh, the blacks, the Hispanics, the whites, everyone that was there that took the brunt of that anger and, 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 and hate and rage and, and how it came through. And, and, and I'm concerned about more hate and more rage and more anger coming through, uh, not just towards me, but towards uh, a black-white conflict there's a great deal of disturbance in this country and how blacks feel about what happened in Katrina. And you know, many of the comics, many performers are in Las Vegas and New Orleans uh, trying to raise money for what happened there. That's, prob that's probably yeah. good. Yeah, you get it. Dude, Dude <laughs> it's very so awkward, very tough, but I actually did appreciate that he was like, I'm not sure if this is the right place for me to be saying this because you guys are making jokes about it. They're laughing. I'm not sure this is coming off well. Let me just go ahead and take this to the true conversation. I, yeah. But, I just think it's funny how he was like, he just starts talking and he's like, that anger and that hatred. And everyone's like, ha, ha, Kramer from Seinfeld. Yeah, I know. That is fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. I can't, Straight yeah, up, nope. like, big-time laughter. And that's probably, like, what, 2004, 2005? Yeah. Because he's talking about Katrina happening exactly. in 03. Exactly. Yeah. It's like when Dave Portnoy, like, part of his defense for saying the N-word in one of his uh, rundowns on Barstool, he's like, you know, it was a different time. It's like it was 2016, man. Like that's, I was younger then. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, that's totally that is like a while ago, sort of. I guess we were in college, but like I don't know if I've changed my mind about using the N-word that much. Um yeah, he was just like a what, a young 31-year-old guy at the time. <laughs> 36, I think. He's like 42. Oh, he's 40? Right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't I thought he was like 35. Yeah. It's like uh, all these things coming out of how it was just like totally cool to do blackface like 10 years ago to 15 years ago. And like a lot of people did it. And like Jimmy Kimmel was in black body, like with Carl Malone. Like he just got fucking fully black. He went full Carl Malone. Yeah, I, uh, dude, I found a picture of uh, this kid in my fraternity for Halloween freshman year, he dressed as Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction. Jesus and he went full blackface, Jerry Curl. Like, Good <laughs> God. I found the picture. I'm like, I sent it to him. I go, dude, if you run for office, I could destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And like Justin Trudeau's like, dude, I don't even know how many times I've done blackface. You said that? Well, he didn't say it in that candor, but he literally was like, I've done blackface and was like, I... I'm not sure how many times. <laughs> Dude, I saw, I remember too, uh, in like third grade, remember we did like the live wax museum thing? Where we were the people? Yeah, we I was a, I was Emmett Smith. No blackface done. Emmett no, Till or Emmett Smith? Smith, bro. <laughs> Emmett Smith, oh, the football player? Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking, okay, never mind. But Well, well I know what Emmett Till is too, but the, <laughs> you know, that would have been a much more 
educational presentation for me as opposed to just like Emmett Smith ran for the most yards and he has so many touchdowns. What about Dude, I want his more? OJ. I want his OJ. It was bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, um, I remember Griffin Keebler went as Martin Luther King and he just had like brown smudge really? just like yeah. on his forehead and cheeks. Yeah. I you know his what... mom was like, you look so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one can't be on him. Yeah, that's the parents got to be like, even if that's the kid's idea, like, you know what? You're a great Martin Luther King, just as you are. Like, just let's just focus on the presentation, okay? Uh, my brother went as Muhammad Ali. Did he do blackface? He did not, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I don't but know. A, but, a, but a white, fat Jewish Muhammad Ali. <laughs> It's almost more disrespectful than for him to do blackface, to be like, yeah, this is what Muhammad Ali was. Like, no, the no. fuck it was not. <laughs> Some guy walks in, he's like, you've tarnished his reputation. <laughs> yeah, I don't need you to do blackface, but I'd love for you to take a couple laps and, you know, put some respect on Muhammad's like, name. Muhammad Ali did not have tits. <laughs> <laughs> the only place you're floating is in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> not because of uh being dead just because uh fat floats well in water and float like a butterfly sound like a big guy right yeah <laughs> that is funny i had a yeah. really bad sting joke just there but i don't know if i'm gonna tell it <laughs> yeah let's leave the police out of this get it not what i was gonna uh nice the, good sting with the police yeah we've already talked about the police yeah um I'm just looking at Michael Richards, like, so, so genuinely, like, looking right at me. So I'm going to go ahead and exit out of that. Yeah, you should exit out of that. Yeah. What did I have? All right. Uh, you're living alone now. Yes. Not just I, because uh, of quarantine, you moved into a new apartment. I did. Um where are you living? Yeah, I moved. Um, I'm on Broadway and Briar near sort of like the Marianos on Broadway for uh, your listeners who know. Mm. Um, it's a one bed, 700 square foot. Solid um, space for down there. Solid space. I got, I, nine, uh, I got 900. So. Yeah, your place is big. Your kitchen is much bigger than mine. Yeah, um, it's not like I'm in there just constantly whipping up ingredients left and right where it, I need the space, but it is nice to have. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. Um, but dude, with moving too, when you move by yourself, like, so when you have roommates, obviously like, they'll be like, all right, I'll get the couch, you get the TV, I'll get this, you get that, whatever. But this, it's obviously all just on me. So I'm like, yeah. oh fuck, I need like so, like so much shit. Right. And then I get here, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize there wasn't a dishwasher, there wasn't a microwave. So I had to get like a microwave. And I you don't have, have a dishwasher? No, it sucks. I mean, you do too. You, you do, you have one, right? Yeah. Dude, no, nothing like moving makes you realize the shit that you took for granted. Yeah. Did you look at this place in person? I did. And I, it's so, Just, so I'm, I was a weird situation because so my lease at my last place was up in July, July 1st. Yeah. And then my, uh, and then I wanted to move in with Stephen Cook, but his isn't up until November 1st. So yeah. I had like an awkward four month period there where I didn't know what to do. So this is just a four month sublease. And then I have to move uh, all again. I'm going to have to move all again in four months. I see. I see. So you're not actually living alone. Well, you are, but you're. For four months. I see. Got it. That makes more sense. I truly yeah. was like, that. I didn't. All right. 
Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. So you and Stephen Cook are going to find a spot? Yeah, don't don't know where yet, but uh, we'll figure that out in October, I'm sure. <laughs> October 25th, I'm sure. That'll be uh, the perfect time to be moving right in the middle of the true second wave of coronavirus. Uh, yeah. Also, dude, moving moving just the the act it's, or the whatever the process itself sucks. Did you get movers or did you? My dad has the housewarming gift paid for the movers. Yeah. But dude, movers are expensive. Yeah, no, I remember my dad paid for him for here. Look at us, it's a nice. couple of real American men. <laughs> no privilege here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and then, like, and then I was like, I get to the place, and I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. I told Comet to, so I moved in on Sunday, the 20, whatever, the 25th or 27th, whatever that was. Yeah. Or the 28th, look at my calendar. And I told ComEd to turn on electricity on Monday the 29th. So Sunday night I was here and I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, no air conditioning, obviously no lights, no anything. And then I, and after moving all day, I was so sweaty. I needed to take a shower. I forgot to get a shower curtain and I have no light. So <laughs> I'm in my bathroom, no shower curtain, no light, just my phone on the sink, just like putting light up. <laughs> getting hit by water as you're like yeah 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 yeah. it was like it was the most heinous shower in the history of showers i don't have towels (laughs) they were my roommates fuck (laughs) no i did have towels i've got no electricity to air dry (laughs) i'm just like dude if anyone saw me right now me just in the dark like in the dark just like shoveling water at my face while trying to like keep it from falling out of the out of the tub yeah welcome to living alone bro it's all no electricity and no shower curtain showers it's a sad existence dude but it's actually insane the sort of pros and cons of roommates versus living alone how long have you been living alone uh two weeks and i'm like i can watch whatever i want i can do whatever i want i can listen to whatever music i want Yep. I cooked fish yesterday and it, there was smoke everywhere and there was no one to complain. It was incredible. Yeah. You just got to sit there in that delicious fish smoke. <laughs> With no shower or no shower. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. It's pretty good. Quarantine. Yeah. I can't imagine living with anybody else through it, but also there were times where it was just like, all right, it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, you're a boring person, Jack. Like I've, I'm tired of spending so much time with you. Right. No, I feel that. But also like my roommates, like before didn't like stand up. So I'm catching up on a bunch of stand up that I had. Like I watched Tom Segura's, I watched Eric Andre's, which I know my old roommates would have hated. Yeah. Um, watching a bunch of movies that I know they wouldn't have let me watch, you know. Was that, did you go see Eric Andre with me? I did. Yeah. Have you watched this special yet? Yeah. It was Dude, good. It Another so good conversation funny. with, uh. Uh, the mom in there that must have been just a killer end to most shows yeah for sure the one well, the one of ours was hilarious too i i remember the other one of ours the woman answered the phone should we preface this what we're talking about or just sure uh, yeah sure go ahead uh <laughs> <laughs> really seemed like you were extending the olive branch of all i'll handle this um <laughs> eric andre comedian Tim and Eric ask very weird comedy, very out there, uh, came out with a Netflix special called Legalize Everything, and we saw it live at the Chicago Theater, and he ends his show by 
asking for audience members' cell phones, and then he does the auto text to their moms, or in some cases their dad, and just like keep sending just whatever word is next up on the um, recommendation. Recommendation, uh, and then the he puts it up on the projector screen, and we see the hilarity ensue of a conversation with people's parents, and. It, comes up with crazy stuff and then he finishes it by facetiming one of the parents and having that conversation uh be able to be seen and heard by everybody in the crowd so but so ahead. what was so funny about so i don't remember the one in the netflix special but the one that we saw he facetimed the, the kid the kid's mom and the mom answered and then the dad comes in in the background and he goes right. who is that and she's like it's yeah. eric andre he goes didn't you have crazy hair before he goes yeah i shaved it off the guy, the dad goes, you look better before. And Eric <laughs> goes, gee, thanks, Stree. You really look like a young Jeff Epstein yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good. Did he, they did the rant, or was that Tim and Eric where they did the ranch chugging? No, Eric Andre did the ranch chug, right? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do that in the special, but yes. Yeah, I guess it's right. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Yeah, not worth it to get on stage to chug for a bottle a of ranch. For like a fucking t-shirt. Well, actually, you could just get up. No, but then Eric Andre would hate you. If you got up there and you just like pretended you you took a sip or two of ranch, but you got to <laughs> shake Eric Andre and Hannibal Burris's hand, that'd be cool. But he'd be like, fuck you, man. You just came up here to shake my hand instead of drink ranch. It's the whole point. And at the show we went to, this guy went up on stage and just like took the ranch bottle and just like, yeah. <laughs> like he sucked it down. It was disgusting. Immediately. I guess actually you could have gone up against that guy and just been like, whoa, he's already done. Yeah. Right. All right. I'll get a little <laughs> on my shirt. Dude, the, the, up, the, guys, can I get a photo? I, I don't know about you, but whenever I watch stand-up specials, I find myself like I'll I'll be entertained and I'll laugh, but I won't like laugh out loud as much as I would as if I was like with other people. Yeah. No, right? it's 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 not a fun barometer for like how good a specialist. Right. So, well, so the one part I laughed out loud at when I was watching it by myself here was when he was talking about how uh, there was nothing more homoerotic than uh, like watching like a gangster roll a joint or roll a blunt. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he yeah, goes, yeah. even the most homophobic one, they're like, he's like, yo, get that gay shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes, yo, homie, you want you want some of this swisher? Oh. <laughs> it's he's like, bukaki. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, and that actually is pretty true. Um, I, uh, I watched it with my mom, too, uh, separately. So I've seen it like three times. Yeah. Um, and I watched it with my whole family, and my mom was there. And, dude, the look on her face, she could not have been more horrified and less amused. By the whole thing? By the whole thing. Dang. Like She's normally a big laugher, too. I, I know. And the part where he's talking about um, when he took too much molly – and he was trying to make himself throw up, but he had so much molly that his uvula was acting like a clitoris, and he found, like, a new G-spot in the back yeah. of the road. Right, yeah. Dude, yeah. so when he, when he finishes that joke, my mom goes, all right, we're done. Like, <laughs> I can't <laughs> It is a little much. And also, it, it doesn't quite transfer over on Netflix as well, because when you're there, it's like this, like, roller coaster that you're riding with him of just, like, right. sheer energy. And w if you're watching with your family, it's just kind of quiet, quietly watching it and expecting, like, the laughs to come from just the pure joke itself as opposed to like him just being like fucking nuts. And there's a joke he, so I was watching my parents and when my mom left the room, but my dad stayed back cause he loves Eric Andre. And he goes into this joke about how 
he's like, hey, the truth is your parents fucked and now you're here. Your mom was sitting there. She was playing Sudoku, eating cantaloupe, and then your dad snuck up behind her and he did what he did to her. He like <laughs> shot his like Spider-Man DNA inside of her, like whatever, all this shit. Yeah. And my, I'm just sitting there like, Jesus, damn. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is the most uncomfortable thing ever. Yeah. Well, I was, I actually just rewatched yesterday the first rock house, at least my, my set. And your mom makes me feel great about all my jokes. It was a well-received set overall, but just with each laugh, the last one would be your mom or Tommy. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. They're two very good audience <laughs> Yeah. Also, uh, Mr. McCaffrey and Mr. Wagner both heckle me during my set. So two parents. Wait, what'd they say? Mr. McCaffrey, I was like instigating it. But it's because, remember, he went over by 10 minutes and it was supposed to be G-rated is what the uh, <laughs> right. people said. And I literally had to turn away my neighbors because they brought their kids to a show that was supposed to be G-rated and they showed up as Mr. McCaffrey is on stage. So I literally did have to turn away people from coming in because of his performance. And then that's my neighbor. And I was like, ah, so I told you to come. My bad. Um, and... I was like saying something about like, because uh, the bit is about matching with a girl on Tinder who said no catfish is allowed. And I'm like, oh, foolproof plan. What catfish could possibly get through that steel wall defense? Remember that, remember that joke. Right. And then uh, we were about to hook up in my foyer with my parents and, and all the grandparents that were there in the crowd. Uh, and I said, like, keeping it G-rated. No. Oh. No, none of, none of it is. I did. I saw a girl on Tinder back then that her description was no catfish is allowed. And I like swiped left. I was like, that's fucking stupid. Um, you know, and then I just came up with a bit off of that. And then the safe phrase thing is Elena Bruce said her and her sister had a safe phrase for when like they were like in a fight or something. And I think, and I remember her saying that the safe phrase was, hey, stop doing that. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like, I don't <laughs> think that's real. But <laughs> um, so that's like, those are a couple fun bits. But yeah, that's like completely made up. Um, what was the heckle? I was like instigating. I my mom started recording after my first joke, but I think I literally started my set with a big laugh of like, you know, Mr. McCaffrey, like this is supposed to be G-rated or like you went over your time. It it starts with me saying like, got to finish that story and like get a laugh. And then he yells out like, it's probably true. Um, and then like Classic. throughout the set, I was uh, like, I referenced like, oh, keep it G like we were hooking up G-rated style. And then he like yells out, or like he gives me the finger and I, I he's that. behind my mom who was filming. And so I look over to the camera and I laugh and I'm like, are you giving me the finger? And he's like, Oh, it's the best kind. <laughs> and then I tell him, I tell him to let me finish my story, which was a good one. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't anything too crazy and I was technically instigating it, but it was from his 10 minute long profanity laden uh, set. That really wasn't a big deal. From then on, we kind of let it fly. But just on that first one, it was like we kind of had to have
have the proof of concept for the rock house. Right. And also um, funny comedians were doing it. As opposed I, to. uh, so I don't know if you remember one of the rock house shows, I told mm -hmm. a joke about how I was like sleeping in bed with this girl and I, after a night out and I couldn't remember if she slept over or not, but I was too lazy to just like turn around and look. So I like swung my leg around to see if I like kicked her, felt nothing. And then I was like, Oh, it's safe. So I like farted. And then she goes, good morning. I yeah. just a joke I told a while ago. Yeah. And so that, what well, that didn't happen to me. That happened to a friend of mine with his girlfriend, sophomore year of college. And they had broken up. And so I hadn't seen her for years. And I was at Stephen Cook's um, for a uh, barbecue and he invited one of his Princeton friends over and she brought her friend and it happened to be the girlfriend or the ex-girlfriend oh. who it actually happened to. So, and I hadn't seen her, I hadn't seen her in, you know, four years, I hadn't seen yeah. her in you know, four years or whatever. That's so hilarious. I, so I go up to her and I'm like, Olivia, or whatever, I said her name, Olivia. Yeah. I was like, I, I was like, I haven't seen you in four years. I know we haven't spoken, but I told a story of yours in my standup. And it like killed it like did really well or whatever. She's like, what was the story? So I told her the story. She goes, oh, that did happen. She's <laughs> like, that's so random that you used that as like a stand-up bit. I thought I misheard you. I thought you said she showed up to the show. I was going to be like, that would have been something. No, no, no. She showed up to the barbecue. I got you. Yeah, Sorry, that's still funny. Time. Yeah, way to go, dude. I blew it. You blew the premise. <laughs> yeah, and then Mr. Uh, Wagner just tried to basically step on a punchline and predict it when I was like talking about, uh, gotta love that. Yeah. <laughs> I literally can see myself repeat a word. Well, it probably won't make sense to play it on here, but I, I'm like, uh, saying that we should just do a safe word. That's really random, like Gandhi. Cause you're not going to think about Gandhi in the heat of the moment. Uh, and even if you do, I feel like I can tell if it's a bad Gandhi or like a give me more kind of Gandhi. And uh, that does well. And then I say like, um, but she's like, you have to listen to my safe phrase. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like let's, or we're not going to hook up unless you listen to my safe phrase. And I'm like, fine. What's your safe phrase? And he goes, Gandhi. I'm like, it's not it, but thanks for trying to spoil it. And that's kind of part of the joke a little <laughs> bit later too, but <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's like, it's like, thank you, Miss Lippy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. So I said, like, as I'm saying, like, touche to like the fake girl in this bit, I'm like, touche. And I hear him go, Gandhi. I'm like, touche. You know, <laughs> like, come on, man. And I, you can like hear my mom's like in the middle of the crowd. We, I wish that we do to get more chairs and get the tables out of there because I remember your family took up like 30% of the real estate. And then we had like 90 p other people that just yeah. kind of were on the floor. I had no idea it would be that big, but I wish we had like, you know, cause we could have sat like a lot of them down and had it filled, but there was just so much talking, I think in the back. Cause I can just hear it as I'm listening to my set and I'm like, fuck, like now I remember why I didn't use this to, submit to shows is because it's just like nonstop. like there's talking in the background people cutting me off i'm referencing right. mr mccaffrey elena bruce as she's in front of my mom as i'm starting that safe phrase bit she turns to izzy lentini and is like oh jack told me that this is about me <laughs> like explaining <laughs> that this is a made-up story great video and, yeah. and, and izzy's like okay wait i want to hear it but 
like tell me after and i'm like <laughs> yeah nice the setup to it is a little cut off there but all right that's funny yeah. i remember i remember you were doing sex with me is like um that game right. live, like just you on stage right. and drew price just goes dildo sex with me is like a dildo and you're like all right true sex is like a dildo it's sex next person <laughs> yeah yeah i do like when people give that suggestion though and to just like instead of like uh people in bearskin rug well jack would like freeze when he got it and he'd be like oh, i guess all right i guess we gotta take it like it's like, no, just shit on the person for yelling out dildo because they're the kind of persons that just shitting on you. They're like, fucking dildo. Oh, fuck you, dildo. Well, moving on. You know, it's so easy. Right. Everybody's like, they said it in our, our artistic integrity. They, they're going to know it's not improv if we don't take dildo. If we don't take Donald Trump, is it really true improv? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, just like, nope, fuck you. Next. You get a laugh. Yeah. Boom. Right. Yeah. I just uh, drove around with Drew Price the other day. We were hanging out. Dude, our, I was with Ari Levy, and he told me that you got lunch with him last week. You and yeah. Ari are keeping him afloat. Well, yeah. I mean, one positive that's coming out of um, him being so down right now is that it seems like he's got a lot of friends that are reaching out and hanging out with him. So that's quite literally what you were you would hope for if you call out for help is to get people that like reach out and hang out who's saying harry kroll an old friend of his is hanging out with him bob hayes so names i haven't thought about in a while i know yeah me too harry kroll was in my advisory though i believe which i was just go ahead you had a thought wait so i just wanted like what did you, you guys just drove around yep just went on a drive i mean I, I, the one time I went out to eat during this, I went on a first date with a girl who's the one I posted about on Facebook. Did you see that? How she like? Yes. Can we talk about that after this? Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that date started with us. We went to Weber Grill downtown because we could get a patio spot reserved on a weekend. And as we're walking up, Black Is this Lion, you and the girl or you and Drew? Me and the girl. Me and the girl. So separate story now. Yeah. Um, why I felt, why I didn't want to tell Drew, like, let's go to a restaurant or something, because now I feel weird about eating out now. Um, Black Lives Matter protest goes by us literally right as we show up. So we're like asking, like, hey, can we get to our seat? McWilliams for two. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. You know, and I'm like, I've even gone to some protests, but I still feel terrible right now. And then a guy who's sitting at a booth with his wife and son just starts screaming at a black dude as he's walking by. I think maybe because he was smoking weed or something, but he's like, oh, so I'm fucking racist because I'm not out there marching with you? Fuck you, man. Go fuck yourself. Like, to a dude who's walking by in the protest, it's like, you couldn't just wait, like, the two minutes it took for them to go by to just be like, you know, I'm not sure I agree with everything that they're they're arguing for. Right. <laughs> and like his son is like eight year old son is right there. It's like, well, I wonder why we, you know, get some hated hatred in the youth as well. And then we sit down at our table. Our waiter has a mask and like the the clear 
kind of like plastic covering face shield over him and gloves. Like, like the riot shield mask? Yeah, like, what can I get you guys? I'm like, all right, I don't feel good about this anymore. Uh, <laughs> and I feel the need to tip incredibly well, which I did. And But it was just like, oh, this sucks. I feel bad about this scenario. And then from there, the girl who seemingly we had a great first date besides that even had a good positive talk about race relations and politics uh then uh, as it was kind of literally thrust upon us right there can't really just not mention the parade that ju- not the parade the fucking protest that went by <laughs> and mention the black elephant in the room <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah and then she texted me that she didn't she wasn't over her ex as I was saying, like, should I plan our next date? And then she was like, "Ugh, I want to do Wednesday. I'm like, all right, it's all good. She's like, you want to text me? Try again in a couple weeks? Like, no, I'm not going to just every two weeks check in like, hey, you over your ex? No, all right, yeah, I'll fuck off. (laughs) All right, cool. I'll still be waiting here in the wings. I'll try again and I'll try again in three weeks good for you. What what are you thinking? (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Dude, by your experience with relationships and girls, and it goes both ways. Guys do this too. Is it, dude? It's just like a crapshoot. You just gotta get lucky. You gotta find like you gotta yeah. find two people. Gotta find each other at the right like mental emotional time. Right. It can't be too far away from an ex. Can't be too close to an ex. Can't be like in terms of time. Can't be like I don't know. Yeah. And, and one person's like, I want to have a relationship. And the other person's like, I just want to fuck around. And then that ruins it. One right. person's like. I don't really show the other ones like I'm not over my ex. It's just right. a crapshoot. You just gotta both happen to meet at the exact same time. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. Is it? <laughs> no, because I mean, I feel like everybody think well, not everybody, but it's uh, it's like a taught thing about love from an early age. Like you gotta find the right person, or like there's that one person out there for everybody. I think it is much more a case of like, well, you can make it work with a lot of different people in a society of fucking even just in Chicago, we've got 3 million people, you know, then you take the whole country, then you take the whole world. Austin's dating someone in fucking Israel, you know, like people date globally. We meet people abroad. It's a giant fucking Crap. pool of people, which means I bet there's a bunch of people that you could get married to and it would probably go well if you met at that right time and the things kind of fell into place and then you were in the right kind of matched emotional state. But I've done that too both ways where like somebody broke my heart so then I wanted to just fuck around for a while and I met probably a bunch of good people that would have been good for me to date. And then once I finally was ready to date, I was meeting the people that were like just wanting to fuck around which made me pissed and want to fuck or, or like completely remove myself. And that, yeah. And then also another thing too, is like, um, like you, I think you said in your post that you were being like too nice or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And so they, I don't know if that was a joke. I said like too charming on these. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. So I, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is like, people are like, should I be the, the super nice guy or should I just be like kind of a dick? And then, right. like, which, and then I feel like whenever you choose the dick option, it's wrong. Or whenever you choose the charming option, it's wrong. Yeah. But that's why one of my friends, he's like, he's like, dude, you just got to, like, be consistent. Yeah. And if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, like, fuck them. Right. No, I, I've now just kind of, like, 
become more comfortable, especially with how many I've gone on that go well and then immediately just turn around to like that where it's like, actually, no. Um, I know everything about that first date was like picture perfect, essentially, but you still know. So I don't, I'm trying not to take it personally. It's almost like comedy, you know, it's like, I know I'm cool. I know I'm good at this. So just keep doing it your way and eventually it'll work. But I was more joking and saying like, uh, I also wanted to just show off that I memorized that riff from the piano um, and just thought it was a funny joke. But then it was funny how, pe how many people were just like, are you all right? Are you, hey man, you're going to find the right one. Like people I hadn't talked to in years, like also reached out in DMs that were just like, hey, you know, it's a journey and you're going to find that person. You're great. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's just kind of a quick little, you know, dating sucks joke. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, it just, yeah. And then I, it's, it's also, so it's like the dating game is like, that's what it is. It's a game, right? right. You got to play the game. Then once you get into a relationship, it's a whole different game. It's right. a game. And then you get married and it's a whole other game. Right. And then you get divorced and it's a whole other game. Yeah. It just like levels to like a game. Right. And you're always losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and you only learn how to play that game when you get there. It's like, this guy's running for president. He seems qualified for it, but we're not going to know until he gets in there. Oh shit, right. he's actually pretty bad. Never mind. <laughs> no, but it's, like, so there's, so this girl that I'm like with now. Um, Would you say you're I'm, officially dating? So that's what I'm going to get to is All right. uh, one of her friends was like, if you were introducing her to someone, would you be like, this is my girlfriend? And I was like, okay. I don't know. I went, I don't know. And yeah. she would, and then she was like, she, she's like, I would never put up with that. If that, if that were me, I would never have like a guy like string me along like this or whatever. Yeah. And, I'm, and in my mind, I'm just like, who the fuck are you? Like, what do you, <laughs> like, what do you think you deserve in this world or whatever? And then it dawned on me. It's dude. It's just like, it's movies. It's like books. It's like music. Like all this shit is ingrained in our brains to make us think like, all right, boyfriend, girlfriend, this is how it's supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to do. This is how right. it's supposed to be. Yeah. In reality, it's like, it can go any million ways just because you don't say, you know, I love you just because you don't say you're my girlfriend, but you do, you're like, you're super nice to them and you're loyal and you do all these other things. It doesn't like mean that those things don't matter. If, if what I'm, if this stream of consciousness is making sense. Well, is the girl you're with on the same page with that or does she want more? See that immediate I, smile there. I, I don't, I don't have an, well, I'm laughing because I don't really have an answer. Have you talked about it? No. Does it seem like you're the one avoiding the conversation or are you both? Avoiding no, we it? both, we're both avoiding it. Then sure. yeah, that's, yeah. You're in a spot where you're just like, Hey, let's not fucking put a label on it, but it's yeah, going right, well. Fine. Exactly. Going, yeah. So like then, yeah, fuck the friend. Unless for some, what's the girl you're with's name? Madeline. Unless Madeline is like secretly talking to her friends and like, Hey, can it's, you? No, it's, but it's, then it it's like, all right, well right. then that person sucks regardless right. but yeah then the friend should just be like okay well yeah you're in the different mental headspace or also you're just a different person all right that doesn't work for you right that's why i'm not with you right yeah i don't know it's just and and everyone's everyone's different too in terms of you know what they expect what they want and dude it's tough and especially me 
coming from a guy who was like so anti like you know settling down not, not even that's not even the right word but he was yeah. so anti like settling down and just being like fucking around and like having fun like right it's just like dude i, I don't know <laughs> who the fuck knows yeah yeah and even i'll say one thing that i want and then you'll meet a person and you're just like oh okay never mind I'm gonna go this way right well and also like like my older brother for example had a girlfriend for a while right. and he wanted a girlfriend like he was going on the apps he was like trying real hard he's trying to get set up all these things really wanted a girlfriend and then he gets it and she's like su- she's super into him they do things together all the time i um and he's just like i don't want this <laughs> like it's just like it's just like the grass the grass is always greener on the other side kind of right. thing it's, yeah yeah it's the same thing like with with like living alone like, i was, I was just like, gonna oh, say the same thing yeah Exactly. I don't, so when I said to someone once, I was like, you know what the grass always greener sounds like to me? Just that everything sucks and just like accept it. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, the, the person I said it to, it was Stephen Cook's mom. She goes, well, that's one way to look at it. Or you can just be grateful for, you know, what you have. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess that works too. <laughs> yeah. Good. Two sides of the same coin, am I right? <laughs> exactly. Just happy we got this shitty coin. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah yeah i was trying to say that to drew also he was just like had legitimate problems he was like i just want to fucking go to vegas i'm like well you know if we go to vegas is it gonna be any different he's like no like yeah so you know it's like every time i would be super just like god like wake up practice piano like tried writing something, read my book, played a little video games, made breakfast. It's 12 o'clock and I'm like, fuck, I wish (laughs) just somebody was here. And then I'm like, well, these last five hours, I couldn't have just fucked around on piano while I'm sounding terrible, like just out loud. I couldn't just be chilling in my boxers on the couch right now, just like twiddling through whatever I want, not deciding you know, yeah. I couldn't just read my book because I would be getting distracted by the, per- you know, it's just. Also, yeah, I mean, it, it's all about perspective and like, um, especially now with all these people are posting videos and stuff on, you know, Instagram and YouTube of all these black people of their just sort of their history or just sort of like things that have happened in their lives, um, the way the people have, you know, viewed them, the police, things like right. that. And they're telling all these stories like about their friends being like beaten and, you know, not getting these jobs and losing these and losing jobs and getting fired and getting beaten up and getting all these things. And in my head, I'm like, wow, my life could be so much worse. Like, yeah. So much worse. Yeah. And sometimes like I'll be on the street and I'll see somebody who like, you know, has some sort of illness or some like physical disability. And I'm just like, if I ever complain about anything, someone should just sock me in the fucking face. Right. Yeah. I should never complain about anything. Like I'm literally like, laying here like god i wish i could get out and just go for a bike ride it's like yeah i wonder what somebody in a wheelchair thinks at all times <laughs> exactly like things can or be like, so much worse i was getting kind of bored and restless and i was like man i could use a new hobby and uh my parents basement floods for the thousandth time which even that's like an issue but then they've got good insurance and can get it taken care of and they thought of the um idea of getting the keyboard replaced and giving it to me so I could learn piano. And I use the computer that my uh, dead grandpa bestowed upon me. So I got for free. So I'm looking at a YouTube video, like learning a new thing that's keeping me like, 
I'm able to do that and pay rent and everything. And I'm just like, well, it, it's only 1 p.m. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the days, I still have so many hours to be more productive <laughs> yeah. and yeah, continue right. to live this awesome life. I guess I'll go golf with the guys. Right. And so, yeah, it's kind of like that, that Louis bit where he's like, because Americans' lives are so good, we just find things to bitch about. Right. Like you're saying on a on an when people he's like people are like I hate Verizon. <laughs> it's like what does yeah. that even mean? Yeah. Can you give it a second to go to space? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Goddamn. True perspective. Also, also, you're saying like on planes. Uh, he said he got on a plane, and then as soon as they sit down, they're like, uh, because of some technical difficulties, we will not be able to have Wi-Fi on this plane. The guy's like. Well, this is bullshit. Right. He's, yeah. It's like, how he's quickly, like, you're on a plane. Yeah. Like, they just told you that they invented this thing. How quickly <laughs> right. do you think the world owes you something that was invented 50, that you didn't know existed 15 minutes ago? And then he's like, he's like, what did you do after that? Like, sit in a chair in the sky? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like a god? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So things could be worse. Yeah. But it can be hard to see that sometimes. And I get it. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually doing pretty well and very thankful to be in this apartment and had, like I've I've stayed pretty consistently entertained. There's so many podcasts and good movies and things like that. Like even throughout all this, I'm still like, oh yeah, I still have a lot of things I could watch. Dude, can and, you imagine if this quarantine happened in like 2006? Dude, my the kids that like I would go on the video chat with the class and you can just see how fucking restless they are and like wanting to just like unload all of the thoughts that they have on everybody when they get in there and we're like, all right, we got a mutant talk school. They're like, fucking yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> bouncing around in their fucking chair. Like, Hey, Hey. Oh, I thought about that. Like, I'm like, all right. And they all got like That's backgrounds funny. and they, they're like constantly changing their name to different things. And, they wanted to chat with each other in it, just like all these emojis and stuff. I can't, but like, can you imagine if we had kids during this? Dude, I don't understand how parents are doing that. Yeah. I really don't get it. Um, no, but so like earlier, I was just like, when I was just for lunch, I was just watching, you know, stuff on uh, TV. And I was like, which do I pick from? Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, <laughs> Disney Plus, HBO yeah. Go? Like, yeah. right. <laughs> dude, I just have so many options. It's like, too many right in, in 2006 we just had like fucking channel 12 50 and 47 or whatever sure, yeah yeah that's a good point i, I don't know what we would have done it would have yeah it's like well you know just go out with your friends and create something outside like well can't do that I'm supposed <laughs> to sit in our room read the five books that you would like no i'm good i'm <laughs> yeah. good want to play this on vhs <laughs> exactly yeah, thank God this happened. Also, like, my job, like, there's no way I could have done this without. If I didn't have internet or like, right. a laptop, there's, I could not have done my job. Most, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming 90% of the people working remote wouldn't be able to, to do anything. Right. It's not all of them. Yeah, I wonder how much of the 1918, like, pandemic was just, like, uh, people couldn't communicate to everybody that, like, hey, there's a fucking pandemic going on. You should probably stay inside and... It's just, well, we can't, you know, we got to continue just like doing this. And if we die, we die. Also, I mean, back, back then the spread of information was, a, you know, a fraction of what it is now. Right. Now, now something happens and the whole world knows in a fucking minute. 
Yeah, literally Juneteenth is the holiday because it's like, well, this is finally when the slaves in Texas learned of their emancipation, like two years after the fact. Oh, really? I didn't know that was yeah. what it was about. Yeah. I thought I don't, I don't know how long it was specifically, but like the Emancipation Proclamation happened, and obviously then the war happened, and that lasted however long. I'm not sure, but even after they had won and everything happened, Texas was just like, well, you know. They don't know. Ever read the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? No. So there's a part in the book where he talks about this Japanese soldier during World War II, and he was on one of the islands of Japan um, waiting for, I guess, Americans or whoever to, to invade. So he was hiding in the forest or the trees or whatever, waiting yeah. for them to invade. And um, they, this was in 19, you know, let's say 42, 45, whatever. And they never came but he kept waiting and waiting and waiting. All of a sudden, it's like 1960. He's been waiting for 15 years in the forest and someone finally finds him. They're like, Damn, yeah. the war's been over for like <laughs> a long time. And Wait. he's like, what? No, you're lying. <laughs> he was- uh, A Japanese soldier. And he was in Japan, like, so when the bombs were dropped? He, but he was like in an, on an island, like far away from like Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Yeah, I guess. There's a bunch of islands off the coast of Japan, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and he was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And no one ever came. That's wild. <laughs> and no one ever told him. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> no, dude, it was like, a, it might have been more than 15 years. It was like a long time. Yeah. Apparently, um, I was reading about it. Apparently, that was a big reason why the North was even able to win the civil war was because texas was just so far like geographically out of it that very few battles happened in texas but like texas was the baddest you know most badass part of the confederate army and they just kind of were left out of the war so all of a sudden all the other states were getting fucked eventually and they were like all right we're done and texas was like what like we're ready to go like what's going on we lost all right right well, we're not telling these fucking guys. <laughs> right. we, have, we have to? All right. June 19th. <laughs> Did not know that's what that was. Yeah. Um, but then going back to our earlier conversation of the grass always greener, is yeah. this spread of information that this quick speed of information necessarily a good thing? Because there's also a quick spread of misinformation. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help when fucking Fauci who like, Everybody said, that's the guy you're supposed to listen to. And I was like, yep, I'm going to take whatever he says as gospel. At the beginning said that masks didn't help. And that, and then he said he lied about that because we didn't have enough masks. Like if we had like a singular source of like just solid information that we never had to worry about being told, not that you shouldn't wear a mask now. It's like pretty obvious. Cause even when Fauci said that, I was like, bullshit. Why would a mask not help during, you're clearly saying that because we don't have enough masks. Um, and ignorant people would still not wear a mask even if he, from the beginning, said to. But it's just like, God damn it. Now you gave them the one thing that is like, well, they, originally they didn't say to do the mask. Originally, the WHO said that the virus isn't human to human, so nothing's going on. Right. Well, dude, there's just so much information coming at everybody at all times that it's literally impossible to know what's true and what's false. 
and when you, I don't know if you've had an argument with uh, any of our conservative friends in a while, but you'll say something to them like X, Y, Z statistics says this. And they can yeah. literally be like, no, I saw right. the polar opposite on a different right. article. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, which one's true? Yeah. Literally the book I'm reading is all about that, that Matt Taibbi hating. And it's just saying like Fox basically started it. Um, Richard Ailes or Roger Ailes? Roger, Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes was like, I'm, he literally said, my audience is 55 to dead. <laughs> and so he started it and was like breaking away from the mold of like, even back when it was like, we all have an agreed upon set of facts. And like these few news organizations had people from both sides and they discussed it. Even then there was only this fair way of allowed thought. So like, it wouldn't be like, hey, let's question the war and all of a sudden how we created this, you know, privatized war machine for World War II to be able to happen, for us to be able to act so quickly in World War II. And now that's like this globe, like, can't talk about that, but we'll have a left-right discussion on race relations once Martin Luther King comes into the fray. But we won't talk about reparations, so like that type of thing. But then Fox is like, fuck that, we're just going to... Uh, it seems too liberal for us. We're going to do this. And then the other news organizations be like, hey, that's, that's not right. They're going too far this way. So in order to counteract that, we'll go super far this way. And now it's literally they've created a sports style covering of like the world's most important issues. And we're like on teams that would just, that are only going to point out a news story if it, has like an easy to place villain that's on the other side and that will like garner like the kind of like camaraderie of our side, but never self, you know, never like critiquing your own ideas. Right. Well, dude, also uh, one of my roommates showed me this video or old roommates. Um, so global warming. Agreed. Right. It's a thing, right? Right. He showed me this video of this guy on um, the Daily Wire. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a conservative sort right. of news source or media platform. And uh, this guy debunks all of the global warming things. I'm like, all right, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah. so either I'm getting lied to for years about global warming, or this guy and this guy knows something that nobody else knows, or this guy is just completely full of shit. And what? Why did he make this video? Right. Yeah, it's tough because like each fucking industry will just get a select group of experts and scientists to pay them off to just create science that is in complete contradiction of like the mass amount of science that is against it. Like when tobacco, like for fucking ever, they knew it was terrible for you and caused cancer, but they just like had scientists that were like, nope, it's cool. We did our own studies. Right. So it's fine. You could like technically debate global warming Anything. in the sense of like how much of it is us and how much of it is just the globe is warming. And like, we've only been on earth for so long, like who knows the true, you know, ebbs and flows of it on our own. But it's also like they can, it's not like some financial, like wall street, numbers thing that nobody can understand they can like calculate the amount of carbon and methane in the atmosphere and then the warming that happens and like things in the ocean that are happening the lack of fresh soil that we have like the 
viruses that come out of our fucking GMO to shit crops and fucking cattle and every type of produce. It's like calculable. So it's so stupid when someone's like, you know, I think Shell and BP are on the right side of this. Well, what I've learned too is that when people are denying it, they're not denying that it exists, it seems like, or at least that's sort of what it's evolved into. They're just denying the reasons for it. Because I think what a lot of conservative people or just, I guess, people on that side of the argument um, think is they're like, all right, so this thing does exist, but is it worth slowing down our economy, stopping certain industries from advancing just because of this, of the, because of this, they, they think there's no correlation. Yeah. Which I, I, I have no idea, you know, right. but more, there's more nuance to the, to the argument than yeah. might seem on face value. It's interesting that conversation I had on group me with Dubin cloud and Tommy, where they just like shat on my idea that oh, the, the uh, Facebook data. Andrew Yang wants to get, social media and online websites websites are online to pay you for your data or for the ability to turn off them tracking your data and being able to sell it to companies for advertising and they're like that's ridiculous because then they would charge us for facebook and it's like okay if that's the true cost of facebook that's what it should be like if gasoline if the true cost of gasoline is like $15 because of all the spills we have and all that. Maybe we should fix the, the process of it as opposed to just like at the end be like, all right, and then subsidize it through like drilling in Afghanistan or like selling natural gas because Facebook's whole, every social media, they make money off advertising. So what do they want? They want you to be on their website for as long as possible to see as many ads as possible. One, that's not good for society right there for these companies to just be like, how much time can we get people to waste on here to look at these perfectly curtailed ads to them so they spend on other things? And then two, they get most eyes by pissing you off and by getting these, like the most successful things on Facebook are like, highly controversial political things because that's what gets the most eyes on it. It's like if we got rid of that in price incentive there and just said, hey, here's five bucks a month. Let me be on Facebook and chat with my friends and see the things I want to see that aren't just going to piss me off. Would you pay that? Yeah. Or if I wouldn't, then I guess I'm not on Facebook and Facebook isn't this like, you got to be on Facebook. Everyone's on Facebook. It's free. Sign up. You know, if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't have kids getting on Facebook at 12 and having every thought and action they've done posted from the beginning of time because it'd be like, hey, you don't get to be on Facebook unless you pay the five, you know, or it teaches them about fucking money. You know, if what's the true cost of social media? Because if it's, if it's just Mark Zuckerberg now has a top 10 fucking net worth in the world because he just keeps selling our information to people. I don't think that we should just be like, well, it's business. It's the free market. You know, (laughs) what do you want to pay for Facebook? No, but I also don't want to just 
see an ad every four things that I see, I'd re- I go on Facebook. The whole intent of it is to like see what people are doing. Right. I don't want to get pissed off, but then all of a sudden I am pissed off and it's like, oh, also Colgate. <laughs> see, that is, uh, that is interesting. Um, what I would, what I, this is something, it's a question. I don't yeah. know if I want to see this or if I do. What is my, like, Michael Romanek's Jack McWilliams, like, what is the data that they have on us? What do they know about? Dude, Andrew Yang was talking with this guy and, like, they, on certain things, it'll be, like, they know whether or not a girl has been sexually assaulted. Like, they know who in your family died and of what. Like, it's not just the data that you plug in to their sites a lot of the times. It's, like, they get it from... Like, it's just everything you can think of is, like, selling it to anyone else that you can think of, and then they resell it. So if, um, like, I'm getting emails from Donald Trump's campaign. So am I. You know, and it's like, never did I ever give you any of my information. How did you get it? They bought it from somewhere. Like, who knows where, and that's why they can do it, because that nobody's ever going to be like, hey, you got this from here that's not cool it's like it's just everybody's selling your information and reselling it like they know if you have asthma they know if you have diabetes they know like if you why is that problematic i don't i don't necessarily it's kind of like um who cares if the government taps your phones if you're only like if you're not doing anything wrong why do you care it's like well we have individual freedoms and privacy like the we have the right to privacy. I have a feeling if Facebook was around in 1776, the founding fathers would be like, yeah, that's your personal information. You have a right to privacy over that. They wouldn't be like, well, we didn't mean Facebook. But if, like, I think this is sort of what people were saying in that group chat you're talking about. Um, is, there, is that not like a sort of risk or cost you would incur by using their service? It is in the way that it's currently set up because Facebook just came out of nowhere and all of a sudden 15 years, even more like 10 years later, it is just this staple of society. I don't understand why we just like 2007, the iPhone came out and now everything is done through a smartphone. And we as like a society, I feel like are so quick to just be like, well, yeah, that's how it's done. It's like, what do you mean that's how it's done? This didn't exist 10 years ago. Why can't we ask questions and be part of the conversation of, no, let's figure out how this applies to the institutions of our country. Like Jewel Osco, they have to now get you to be a part of their membership to use your data about what you buy there. And in turn, they give you a discount on the things you buy. Because they understand that, yeah, like if you go to a grocery store, you can get a discount if you're a member of whatever their club is, right? Right. The reason they didn't just get a all of a sudden own your info is because grocery stores were invented a long time ago when before it was like known that data was valuable, you know, so they're around. It's like they can't just all of a sudden be like, hey, we know what you buy. They had to be like, hey, can we have permission to know what you buy and we'll give you a reason to do it financially. Facebook kind of just came around and was like, yeah, we're going to put a thousand page terms of agreement thing and we're going to update it every month and they're never going to read it. 
and in there is a thing that says we own everything that you post on here and like you know when you want to delete your facebook it's like it's not really deleted like it's there it's archived we have your info yeah. that shouldn't be just okay because facebook came along and said that's how they do things we should be able to be like hey this company that is now one of the biggest like apple they have 200 billion just cash we should be able to be like hey what's the true cost of an iphone because if it truly is thirty thousand dollars with these like rare earth fucking minerals and without slave labor in china maybe an iphone wouldn't be made every year maybe we would invest into an iphone that fucking lasts a lifetime but you gotta buy you gotta pay thirty thousand dollars maybe we still have flip phones how fast should society be moving when like i just feel like we should be able to kind of hit not pause but just be able to be like what is this new company that is literally all of a sudden like amazon is how all of e-commerce is done and we're just supposed to accept the fact that Jeff Bezos is now the richest man in the world in like 20 years and, and not ask questions like, hey, should he be able to put every small business out of business right now? And how much market share did he just gain in groceries during this pandemic? And is this not now a monopoly? Like, why was he able to buy Whole Foods? Why do they also do Netflix, essentially? Like, what the fuck? These companies are too big. If they're so big that they can't fail, that's a monopoly. In my eyes. Yeah. Like just, I, I, I just, I, I, I just went on a big rant. I hit a lot of points. There's no <laughs> way you can hit any of those. That wasn't a good way to argue for me. But I'm just very angry about this book, especially has got me just like, they're just dividing people against each other while like these like giant institutions that have no like faces to them like get away with whatever and don't tell us how they're making money off of us and the true cost of like what that means so you keep saying true cost what does that mean like like that that was a lot of like in my environmental classes at iu was like what the true cost of like drilling would be for example like bp oil spill so BP sells oil at this like crazy low price all the time and it doesn't take all the proper precautions. Like there was literally this like $500,000 cap, like a literal cap they could have put on that. That was a safeguard to cover the oil if it decides to spill. They didn't do that because they wanted to save 500,000. So this they like a did. physical cap. This isn't like a quite literally a literal top okay. that you can put over it. <laughs> they could have just closed it and no problem. The oil's not coming out anymore, but we didn't want to spend 500000 So instead, we incurred what they say is billions of dollars of damages, but I'm sure it's trillions and it's just irreparable damage to the ocean's ecosystem. Is that now, like, is that part of the cost of what we pay in oil? Like, because, no, it's, you know, like, if... Uh, an iPhone is made with slave labor. It's true cost isn't this thousand dollars that we got. It's what would that cost if we didn't, you know, pay Chinese people a dollar a day to make it. If, uh, fucking, um, I don't know, Walmart 
that 13th documentary, they use prisoners to pick their produce at their farms and they pay them less than a dollar a day. Clearly their produce doesn't actually cost 50 cents a pound because they're not truly paying what they should be based off of federal minimum wage, which is too low as is, but they're not even doing, you know, it's like, we think a shirt is a dollar, but it's really 10, it's true cost to the earth and society or like cigarettes. All of a sudden there's going to be a hundred thousand dollars in cancer uh, treatments that you need to get later in life. Are these but, like externalities? Yeah. Is that external costs? Got it. I mean, yeah, I dude, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. We can talk for days yeah. about this. It's just wild to have like our friends who they're making more money than me for sure. So I do get that. They want to like, you know, they're like, Hey, people should be able to succeed and make money. But it's like, you know, where's that money come from? Who, what are we really valuing and how detrimental are we to society when we don't include, like, it's supposed to be a free market, but it's like, no, you're just giving like giant socialist breaks to these companies when they fail every 10 years. Um, but what of the, this data, like in the case of the grocery store, you said right. is used to better the user experience. Is that, that's, is that still problematic? Yeah, I mean, it's clearly made Facebook like a much better product, right? Because they have a bunch of money to spend on it. It's no longer just like Jack McWilliams is hanging out. It's much better. So Facebook is better now, but. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so like stupid example. Let's yeah. say like at Circus, they had right. cameras everywhere. And every time you walk in, it's like Jack McWilliams walked in. Jack McWilliams ordered a bacon Loretta no man. Yeah. So every single time you come in, it was just ready. It knew they knew you were coming and it was just ready. And you just come right. in and come out. And they knew your credit card information and you didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Is that the same concept? No, but they're yeah. just making the experience a lot better. I think part of it is the ability to make that choice of like, I want you to do that or no, don't do that. Like that does sound pretty. I think I would want that at Sark's and be like, yeah, all you know about me is that I want the bacon, the retta. I'm going to tell you I'm coming at 10 o'clock, have it prepaid, ready to go. But I don't want Facebook selling my shit to just whoever. And all of a sudden I'm getting an advertisement. Like I literally supported one political candidate on Facebook, right? I, 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 Who was I, it? I contributed to Charles Booker in that Louisville race. Now all I'm getting in my ads are just the most aggressive political ads that are like contribute to this. Do you hate child abortion? Do you hate child poverty? Look at this seal <laughs> getting destroyed. Versus Look, what, like Lindsey Graham is a piece of shit. You know, it's just like contribute $25 if you hate AIDS. I'm like, okay, I get it. Way to, way to incentivize me to never contribute to any politician ever again because you ruined it. Is, a, is that a real ad you no, it's just all these like incredibly hateful because it's not, I contributed to Charles, I saw Charles Booker official Facebook account. It's the guy, right? Or whoever's right. running it for him. Right. I contribute to that. And all of a sudden I'm getting ads from all these super PACs that are like Mitch McConnell murdered 75,000, like Donald Trump 
hasn't done anything. I'm like, I get it. Like, allow me to give $25 to a candidate without all of a sudden, like, just nonstop, like, you have to be on the political forefront now. You decided to do this. You know, this might be in your, in your, the book you're reading, the Hate Inc. book. Yeah. But the way people are like painted in just society, like, everyone's like, Ilhan Omar hates Jews. I'm like, dude, no, she doesn't. She's (laughs) a a woman. She disagrees with Israel a little bit. She doesn't hate Jews. She's got a take on the very complicated Israeli Palestinian (laughs) conflict. (laughs) Well, then it's like, it's like, um, somebody who, um, like somebody says something on on tv like on a stupid show or like write something into a show they're like they hate all black people i'm like no they don't (laughs) they don't hate you gotta there's like a difference right and a good example of this is remember in the last dance documentary they talked about michael jordan um supporting this democratic candidate for senator in north carolina and there's a guy Mm -hmm. he was against who was really racist yeah right so that guy i forgot his name the white guy my dad was in dc um, just with my mom on vacation before we were born. And they were at, they were just checking out, um, you know, the, where Congress meets and everything and just kind of seeing the sites. And that guy, what? Capitol Hill. Yeah. Capitol Hill. And just seeing the sites and that Senator, the Republican racist, well, he might've been racist. I don't know. Senator saw my mom and dad and started talking to them. Could not have been nicer. Was the nicest guy in the entire world. Right. He like he like got them lunch or something. Like he was like he went out of his way to be a nice guy. And I was like, Dad, did you know who he was at the time? And he was like, Yeah, I knew he was, and I fucking hated him because of his like political views. Yeah. And then once you meet him, he was like a totally nice, normal guy. Right. So yeah. just everyone, I don't know. And everyone's like, Donald Trump is like transphobic. I'm like, dude, he doesn't yeah. care about trans people. Like, yeah. Though there is the distinction of like, okay, but if you're gonna be nice in person and then you go turn around and you create a racist right. policy it's like well I, I, who gives agree, a shit agree. about the lunch but yeah agree, it does speak agree. to like yeah no like not even donald trump is this just 100 percent bad guy that if you like instead of cnn just making it their job to make everything he does make every issue in america donald trump's fault you know we wouldn't have this just incredibly toxic relationship where it's like, if I say what, like, if I agree that we should take 4,000 people out of Afghanistan, like Donald Trump wanted to do a week ago, I'm not just going to be like, fuck you stay in Afghanistan. Like, it's like, it reminds me of um, like when uh, I forgot he was talking about this. There was a comedian and he was talking about how when Bill Clinton got caught up in the Monica Lewinsky scandal, People were like, he cheated on his wife. Is he going to cheat on America? It's like, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. What is that? Is what has nothing right. to do with the other? Yeah. Also kind of sh- like Michael Jordan or like fucking any of these athletes that we've, you know, learned to love. We paint them off as these beautiful people that are just perfect. And then it comes out that there's these giant assholes that are getting away with, you know, murder. Um, literally in OJ's case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're like, what the fuck? It's like, well, the kind of this high position only attracts that like kind of person or right. you become that kind of person in order to get to that position. So I never understand why you can't differentiate like, yeah, this guy's probably a amazing lawyer, but he's a piece of shit. Like this guy could be a real 
asshole to his wife, but he's a great president. You know, like Tiger Woods, not very faithful. Guy who came back, won the Masters still. That's, uh, you know, great athlete. Not a great guy. Chris D'Elia. Loved his bits for a long time. Now apparently he's a pedophile. Look at Kobe. Kobe kept it going. Yeah. He's a rapist. (laughs) Yeah, yep, yep. Didn't look good. Yeah, you, you can't win. And then even if you do make it like to the top, like Tom Hanks and are seemingly like a great guy, or LeBron's probably a better example. LeBron is just like, had no real scandals. And he's, he's been in the public eye since he was like 14. I think he was on the Whatever. cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 16. Yeah, something like that. And even then, people are just like, he's a terrible man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Tom Brady, too. Like he's a, he's a, he yeah. kissed his son in that video. Remember? He's, <laughs> yeah, like, he's yeah, a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's like, Dude, no, he's not. Might have left he's it. Maybe a little weird. Yeah. I, don't... I don't kiss my dad on the lips, but like, it seems like he's genuinely a great dad. You know, I don't. Dude, you give you give like the public a, a, right. a piece, and they take a fucking mile. A, yeah. An inch, they take a mile. Right. Like, like oh, also like that guy um, um, who's supposed to be on SNL, and he got fired like three days later. Shane Gillis, yeah. Shane Gillis, he makes one joke about one racist joke about Chinese people. Oh, right. he, hates, he hates all all of Asia. He hates yeah. a billion people. Right. Yeah. He had a. He's yeah, a really great fun. follow. Um, yeah. But uh, his, though, was a little bit tough because it was funny. Like, comedians immediately were like, oh, we're just going to cancel everybody for things they said in, like, 1995. I'm like, podcast was from, like, two months ago. <laughs> and yeah, no, this wasn't he, that long ago. And he was, like, really just kind of saying, like, oh, these uh, – I don't want to say the C word now. It's tough. Uh, but he was like calling the Asian people the C word just kind of like in a story, not so much like this is a clear bit, you know? Right. So I did get it a little bit, but it also is like if you're SNL, either. If they didn't fire him, he, they would have been fucked. I guess, but it's like if you're SNL, either know that before you hired the guy right. and be okay with it or know it and not be okay with it, don't allow yourself to not do a background check on a guy like if you're so willing to fire somebody over something they said well then you better look at everything they said it's just weird that he even got the position he wouldn't funny he's funny yeah he's got some really good stand-up bits that allow him to talk about trump in his bits without really being pro or against and just be funny with it you know he's got like he's just like you know Hate him or love him. He is funny. Like, a hurricane was coming and he was like, you guys want me to nuke that thing? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to bring my camera to get water. Is that cool? Yeah. Although, we've, I think we've been going almost two hours, right? Oh, have we? I think. Dude, Do you think we had, what? Hannibal Burris on Joe Rogan. I think I just saw that. Is yes. It? Two hours and 40 minutes of Hannibal. Yo, um, see, see these cookies? There's only one left. Yeah. Ricky's Cookies in Memphis, dude, they're the best cookies I've ever had in my entire life. Nice. Ricky's Cookies in Memphis. Get it. Oh, also, I'm going to be sponsored. Do you remember uh, Ilya? Fuck. Lebkowski. Yes. You remember him? Yes. He 
after freshman and sophomore year, he went to New Trier. He went to North Shore Country Day. And so he's uh, friends with some of Kendrick's friends. And I ran into him again. Of course, my dad paid for me to move, but I move all of my friends. Every time somebody moves, they're like, yeah, like come help me out. So I still get plenty of um, moving experience in. But Ilya was there. He does this animated show with this other guy, Austin Curran. And they got like um, Balskis. They are now now a sponsor of the show. So they're going to give me some merch and make it official. But uh, Jack's Tap is sponsored by Balskis. It's a great uh, animated uh, web series. Go follow Balskis, B-A-L-L-S-K-I-S on Instagram. Uh, have you ever watched one of their videos or know what it is? I have not, no, but um, I, So, have you seen their logo? Yeah, 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 it's the cactus. It is a, it is, it is a oh, they changed it then, because it used to be a testicle on skis, ball yeah. skis. Yeah, I know, yeah. But this guy, Austin Kern, he learned how to animate for it. Yeah. I think that's pretty fucking dope. I saw him at a pregame, uh, I don't know, a while ago. And they got, um, they got um, over a thousand followers. They post a lot. They did a vlog and got a bunch more views on it, I think, because they finally, like, showed the people who were behind it. So, And it's uh, I've, I've been making fake sponsors a little bit. I wanted a r- real sponsor, but there's no way anybody would give me money for it. So, Ballskis, great show. <laughs> um, all right. Do you think we have good material here, or shall we? I think so. Do you need me to edit anything out? Did I say anything bad? I don't think so. I think we both did, but you know, what's, what are you going to do? Did I? I don't think I did. I think no, I was I'm good no, behavior this time. No, no, we're good. We're good. All right. Good catching up. Was this funny? I don't yeah, know. I think so. I, I think I went on a few many uh, rants. This is why I got to, I got to um, start a podcast or a blog where it's just me like ranting about issues and like, pointing out the hypocrisy that's pissing me off on both sides. I feel like it, I'm scared to do it though, because I know that I'm pissing off everybody like I have, but I think there's enough people, reasonable people in the middle that if I can just kind of, cause even with my fucking rant about corporations there and greed and society moving too fast, I feel like you can tell I'm not doing it from a bad place. It's more just like, uh, I don't know. Um, right. I'm no well, Andrew also, Schultz. Uh, true. I'll, I'll agree with that. I will cede you that point. Um, um, there's this part in the Eric Andre special where he talks about politics for a little bit. He goes, all right, enough with this libtarded bullshit. Who likes eating ass? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all yeah. like, yeah. He goes, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I kind of like, I've always liked the like John Oliver, John Stewart type of that comedy, but I'm also, but like Andrew Schultz, he's got it like That's researched really, really out. Good. They're so good, dude. It's five minutes of just like gold. Yeah. And he's just like quick edits. Like I know I don't have that editing, so I, I don't, th- and I'm not as good at it. So I'll when just he was talking about the one about the um, woman calling the cops on the guy bird watching. Both the Coopers. Yeah. At the Coopers. And he <laughs> said, uh, he was like, fuck you, Karen, with her three quarter length panthers. You might call them three fifths. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> He's so good. The one about Hollywood, uh, like Hollywood responded to all the all the quest for justice. Give him the cartoons, and 
Jenny oh, yeah. Slate saying she like contributed to the erasure of black people. It's like, dude, that was so stupid. Yeah, it's a All little right. much, I, dude. You know, I'm like just as liberal as the next guy. Yeah, no, but it it is very. I don't think there's anything like negative with um. Well, people are like trying to act all high and mighty and like, you know, don't cancel me even though I played a black character. But like, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like, hey, we should have black people play black characters. But it's in um, contrast with the government not actually giving the substantive change makes it where it's like, why the fuck are you changing Aunt Jemima? fix racism it's like okay well we are aunt jemima that's who we are we can't stop qualified immunity and cops so we're <laughs> gonna go ahead and change our racist logo like is that cool you know or like uh the redskins like changing their name it's like fucking arrest the cops who killed brianna taylor it's like well doesn't look like that's happening how about we still change our name though it's probably not that cool but it is yeah. annoying when jenny slate is like look at me being so woke and it's like you took the role in the first place lady you know you knew it the show started three years ago it's not exactly hank Isaria with uh apu oh, on the oh, simpsons yeah. that started in the 90s like this the show started post-trump also like um john mulaney plays a jewish character in the show right yeah uh mick kroll plays a girl right <laughs> yeah it's like I, I just don't know where you draw the line i, I, I don't yeah. know yeah yeah, that's true. But then even I, when you do do something good like that, like Jenny Slate, people shit on you. So it's just like, right. are you virtue signaling or are you doing something good for the sake of doing something? Yeah, I hope she did it for the right reasons. The Hank Isaria one f for me was like, we probably shouldn't do this one where it's like the only Indian character in the show is also not yellow. He's brown and you got a white dude being like, thank you, come again. And like, this is the <laughs> only Indian character in like, you know any sitcoms right now it's like you should probably have it be done by a guy who's indian if you're gonna go that far with the indian thing also do the cleveland show you know cleveland's been voiced right. by a white guy forever yeah. and dude, there are some jokes and i was like Ooh, i don't know if that, if that, <laughs> right. that really yeah. flows out of your right. mouth <laughs> also like well i don't know because i guess you don't really want to use the n-word in family guy you're not going to do that but like yeah can like the character can't say the n-word you know, because he's played by a white guy. Like, that That kind of... Not that I need Cleveland to say the N-word or that they're going to, but it is just kind of funny that it's like, well, Cleveland's going to say... Like, hey, uh, Samuel L., can you get in here for this one line and then head back out? I'm going to take over from here. Remember, um, there's one episode of Family Guy where they're playing... Uh, I think it's called, like, the Civil Rights Game or something like that, and Meg goes, like, how do you win? And Cleveland goes... You don't win. You just make, you just make a little advances every time. <laughs> so that you know, like that is like a joke that like is kind of empowering in a way. You know, right. even though it can be seen as at their expense, it's like yeah, fuck the system kind of thing. It's uh, it's almost like it's always sunny. That one episode where they all play the black people, but like the whole episode is about how black people are so like getting Musical? systematically fucked, right? And then them as white people just like don't get it at all, you know. Yeah, I gotta rewatch that episode. There's an really earlier episode one. of that too where they're talking about blackface, and Lawrence Olivier played a fellow, 
years and years ago. Lawrence Olivier was a white actor from a long time ago. He played Othello and did blackface. Right. And then they pull up a picture of him and that, Lawrence Olivier and Othello. And um, he's the guy that voiced Darth Vader and oh, uh, James uh, Earl Jones. James right. Earl Jones. And they go, <laughs> and Matt goes, or Charlie goes, who has a better blackface here? And he goes, James Earl <laughs> Jones has a blackface. He's a black man. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. Well, thank God we were able to watch Always Sunny. Great show. Great show. Great podcast, Mike. Good talking to you. Yeah, we covered a lot. We did. We fixed it all. <laughs> did we fix racism? <laughs> yeah. Not only racism, environmental issues, slavery, uh, abroad and in prisons. Data. <laughs> yeah. We're getting, data. We're getting paid for our data now, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. Peace, dude. All right. Thanks, man. See ya.